This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you tonight, and I mean that sincerely. So glad to see you here. If you hadn't been here lately because of issues within your bodies, we welcome you back if you're watching live stream. Bless all of you. I tell you, it's the season right now, guys, to get into faith. Just keep believing God. Just believing God. I told Eddie before the service, you know, the Bible says when you've done all you know to do, then you stand. You just stand, and, and I, I begin to remind myself that uh, you stand. And many of you, if you're a little older, there used to be an old song we used to sing called Standing on the Promises of God. Now, I'm not going to sing that to you, okay? I don't want you to leave. But there's, a, man, I'm just, I'm standing on the promises of God. God said it. God said it. You know, you probably, if you've come here very long, you've heard me say this. Years ago, I'm in a work truck, and I'm at a traffic light, and right in front of me is a car, and it's got this bumper sticker, and it says, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And I said, well, that's good. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, the Holy Spirit began to quicken me, and he said, that's not entirely true. And so the way I just kind of talked to the Holy Spirit is kind of the way I talked to you. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, God said it. And whether you believe it or not, it's still true. And I thought, now that's even better. <laughs> and so again, man, you grab a hold of the word of God and don't let go, okay? Even in these times right now, I, I just want to encourage you this, with this. Get, get in the habit daily starting your day with an expectation of what you're desiring for God to do in your life. Now, you can call that a confession. You can call that an affirmation. And I, I've said this for years in your life. You may start with one. You may start with two. You may start with three. You may start with five. But you begin to walk wherever you at. If you're a kneeler, kneeler. If you're a crawler, crawl. But get into a place where, man, you can begin to speak those things. And, and you keep doing it day by day by day by day. And in my life, I do this. I've gotten where, man, it is so significant in my life to do it. I become a champion at talking to God. It looks like I'm talking to myself. But man, I begin to say, I, I thank you today, Father God. Woo, I, I thank you who you are. And I, I remind myself of just how great my God is over and over. And then I brag about the Lord Jesus, that he justified me. He sanctified me. He consecrated. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. And he said so. And so part of my redemptive package is the curse of Galatians 3.13 is broken over me. So because the curse is broken, I walk in John 10.10 life and that more abundantly. Spirit, soul, and body as a man, as a husband, a father, a grandfather, a pastor, a man of God. I walk in divine health. No sickness or disease come near my dwelling. And then I begin to go, man, I go. I speak the blessing of God, and I speak the blessings over my wife, my marriage, my kids, my grandkids. I speak, and I speak over the church and you guys. And ultimately, it takes me about 40 minutes. That's not why I'm, that's not why I'm going to do it tonight. It takes so long. But it, it has become so real into me, these affirmations that I mean, there's times it's like I got a sword out. There's times I twirl. I mean, I just, I realize the significance of God. And so I'm not telling you this to say, wow, pastor, he's the man of God of the hour with power. No, that's not what I, I see what happens when I begin to quote the word of God. I just get in agreement with the word of God. 
And I, I encourage you to get into that. And if you need some more illustrations, you can come up to me, man. I'll, I'll load you down with scripture, okay? Goodness of God. Well, you're dismissed. Go ahead and go up now. If you got a Bible, go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we're in our tithes and offerings tonight. I, I treasure even this part of the service, just another area of our lives that I really, really, man, have just been, been instructed, teach people my word on this area. Teach them. And one of the reasons I teach it, because the word of God's true, but number two, I've seen the benefits. I, I've seen what God has done in the area of me and Shelley's life by honoring him with this. And I thank all of you in these times for giving. I, I thank you over again for your faithfulness. Again, I'll just throw this out. At times we are in need of things in our church and we, we're really needing to do some things in our youth room. They just really need some new, new stuff. It's a hand-me-down room that doesn't need to be a hand-me-down. So again, if you desire to give over and above your tithe, I welcome that. You know, I don't get nervous about talking about this. This, this doesn't bother me at all because I, I realize this is the Bible. This is the Bible, okay? So Proverbs 3, verse 9. I am told to honor the Lord with your possessions. Amen. Honor the Lord with your wealth is what one translation says now, when I honor the Lord with my wealth, the first thing I'm doing is I am acknowledging to Father God, I believe the reason I'm blessed like I am is because of you. That's, that's part of why I do that. Then he goes on to say, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, when I honor him with the first fruits of my increase, that's the very first thing I do. The, the first fruits. So you know what this demonstrates? This demonstrates I trust God. When you start giving that first one, you're saying, I, I, I trust you, Father God. Now, again, we're talking in the area of a tithe. When I see the word tithe, the tithe means 10%, but the tithe also means it's going to be a test. And he says right here, honor me with this. And so... When, when I grew up on this street called Yucca Street, there was a pack of us that, man, we ran together. And at times we would say stuff like this. Now, this was a lot of years ago, but we'd say, I double dog dare you. Now, when somebody told me as an eight-year-old, I double dog dare you, you know what that means? It's on. It's on. I don't care what it is. It's on. I'm doing And so I, I double dog you dare you to step out by faith. Now, watch what he says. So your barns will be filled with plenty. I'm, I'm meditating on the word barns one day, and this is what I get on a barn. What's a barn for? It's preparing for the future. A farmer puts stuff in the barn because he knows he's going to use it down the line. Now, I, I had an opportunity many times as a young boy that my, my grandmother owned a farm and a ranch, and we would haul hay. And we would stick that hay in there over and over. Well, what for? You're planning for the future. And so God says, hey, listen, listen, listen. I, I, I want your barns to be filled with plenty. I, I want you to have plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. 
So when I read this, never forget that all that I have is a result of God and wealth and money isn't my security. My sole source of security is him. He's my banker. He's my financier. And so let me give you a little nugget before I quit on this. Verse 10 does not happen without obeying verse 9. So think about it in this sense. If you look at your life and you say, wow, my barns don't have plenty. I'm not overflowing. Could it be a result that you're not obeying verse 9? You're not doing what he told you to do. Or some of you who's done it, you know what the Lord's saying? You're living way beneath what I desire for you. Start believing me. Start trusting me that, that God wants you blessed. You know why God wants you blessed? So you can be a blessing. All right. The six amens. Let's bow our head. Father God, we love you. We thank you again for just the opportunity to just to hear your heart on the area of finances. And Lord, as one step out by faith, Father God, and honor you with the first fruits. Lord, I, I thank you right now that you're faithful in this area and we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, bless all of you again. If you got your Bible with you, go ahead and open to Psalm 119, the 119th Psalm. And this is the longest Psalm of them all. This is a long, long, we got a lot of scripture in here. So I, I went back and I began to dissect some of the words in here or the, the verses that really, really pertain to some of the stuff I'm going to talk about. So as you're turning to Psalm 119, the, the way we make decisions in life tells us a lot about who we really believe and trust. And so the, the process of even making decision often reveals the temperature of my faith. In other words, when you make decisions, who do you look to? Who, who do you ask? Who, who do you depend on? Psalms 119. Now I'm going to jump through here and I'm going to give you scripture for each one of them. Verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet. By your word, I can see where I'm going. And a light to my path. And so the word of God will guide you. The word of God will correct you. The word of God will instruct you and also lead you. And so don't hasten ahead without ever looking to the word of God. Verse 107, I am afflicted very much. I am broken, bruised, and even overwhelmed very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Put me back together, Lord, by your word. Now, I don't know if you caught that right there, but the word of God within it has the ability to revive me. Whatever's going on in my life, the word of God can revive me. The word of God can encourage me. The word of God can lead me. Psalm 133, or verse 133. 
Direct my steps by your word. And let not sin or iniquity have dominion over me or rule over me or have power over me. Now, right here, when I read into this, the Word of God has the ability to keep you from allowing sin or iniquity to dominate me. And there's power in the Word of God. You just stay with it and you stand on it. Psalm 1, or verse 140. Your word is very pure. It is refined. It is tested and tried. Therefore, your servant loves it. One translation says where it says your servant loves it. It says, I'm a lover of the word of God. Now, I believe this with all of my heart. You and me can get to a place in our life where we actually crave the word of God. I, I need the word of God. I, I need to get in the word of God today. And I don't know about you, there's times in my life where I, I may get away from a, a, on, a, on a vacation or a trip and I get out of my routine. And about three or four days later, I say, I, I, got, I got to get back to God. I got to get back to the word. I got to get back to that structure. Why? I'm a lover of the word. And this is what he's talking about. Verse 162. I rejoice at your word. I am ecstatic at your word. As one who finds great treasure. Now something happens within me when I begin to view the word of God as great treasure. And so when I think of the, the word treasure, you know what you got to do for treasure? Sometimes you got to dig for it. Think about all the people that go into the, the river and they're panning for gold, man. They're digging. Have you ever panned for the word of God? Do you know King David said in Psalm 46, he said, As the deer panteth for the water, my soul panteth for you or longs for you. Oh, it's a good place to get that way. The last one I'm going to read on this is 172. My tongue shall speak of your word for all your commandments are righteousness or right. Now, if he highlights my tongue is to speak the word, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. That it becomes an affirmation, which means I am affirming daily. This is what the word of God says I can be. This is what the word of God says I can do. And this is what the word of God says I can have. Now, it's up to you and me where we dig, we find it, and then we stand on it. We speak it. Now, think about this with what he just said. If, if we go to Joshua 1, the Lord said to me, he said, listen, buddy, you're going to have to be strong and a good courage. And then you remember what he said? Speak the word. Don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth. You got to stay with the word day by day by day. And he said, meditate on the word, recite the word, memorize it, speak it daily. Where ultimately it leads me to a place of James 1. Be a doer of the word, not hearer only. And you know what uh, Joshua 1 says? That when I speak the word, I meditate on the word and I do the word, then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Just off the word of God. Now turn with me to, to 1 Samuel chapter 23. 
1 Samuel 23. And as you're turning there, if something is, is contrary to the Bible, the Word of God, it violates the truth, it's wrong, okay? N nothing trumps the Bible. Nothing over-seeds uh, the Bible. Nothing does. And so many times when you tell people a verse, I've had people where I said, well, this is what the Word of God said. And you know what they said? Well, I'm going to pray about it. Well, when you find it's written right there, you don't need to pray about it. God, God's already revealed his heart. When you see what the Word of God says, you either obey it or you don't obey it. And so you don't have to pray about it. When you see what God's Word says, you either act on it, you get over in faith, and you believe it. And so even in this right here, when I begin to talk about, man, I either obey it. Every moral decision in your life, every sermon that's preached, every prophecy that's been given, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you got to get rid of it, okay? You base everything. This is the plumb line of our lives, okay? You know how special this is? Father God said, my Word will remain in heaven forever. It'll never cease. Now, I'm taking you to 1 Samuel 23, a passage about King David. And at this time in his life, King David is on the run from the king named Saul. Saul is relentlessly, persistently chasing after him. He wants to kill him, okay? So when I read that right there, David's got some issues. David could be overwhelmed. 1 Samuel 23, verse 1. Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Now, this, this city called Keilah would be a little bit south of Bethlehem. And so in those days, it was bordering the Philistine territory, but this was a Jewish city. So when David hears this, he, he almost feels obligated to go help them. But the other side of that is he's got enough problems of his own, but what's going on here? The Philistines are stealing all their grain, and so they're taking their food supply. Verse 2. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. David prayed to the Lord. David asked the Lord. So I'm reading that and I think, okay, when there's stuff that comes up in front of my life, do I ask God? Do I even inquire of God? And it always interests me, time after time in Scripture, this was a, a, a thing that it seemed like David always did. He, he never got ahead of God. He wanted to hear what God had to say. So he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord David, said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. So in that, he asked the question, and you know what Father God does? He answers him. And not only does he answer him, he tells him what's going to happen. He said, if you'll go, I'll save them. 
But he had to ask first. Verse 3. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Keilah and against the armies of the Philistines? So when David, I guess, tells them we're going to attack, they're not real thrilled about it. They're not real happy about it. They're not in agreement. And part of the reason they weren't in agreement was they knew the city of Keilah was a walled city. The only way in and out of there was through a gate. And they knew that if Saul gets word that we're in Keilah, then we're in trouble. So they say this to David. Now, before I read verse 4, this, this is what a, a great leader like, like David does. He could have very well said, you know what, I'm in charge here. This is what we're going to do. But I see the humility in David, and it's like he knew, I'm a man. I can miss it. I'm not always right. So verse 4, then David acquired the Lord once again. He went before the Lord once again, so he goes back. Now, a number of years ago in my life, I was, I was about 24 years old. And I got around this guy that he, he would just blow me out of the water. Every time I got around him, he had a fresh revelation. Every time. He would come up to me and he'd say, hey, hey, listen what the Lord's been telling me. And when he would mention stuff, it was right on. It, sometimes he'd tell me stuff about me and I thought, dude, you got to quit talking to Shelly, man. She's telling you all that stuff. And he always had a fresh revelation. And I began to ask him, tell me, tell me how you get these things from God. Well, this guy was stationed at Cannon Air Force Base. He was in the military. He said every morning he wakes up at four. He said, I believe with all my heart that you give God the first fruits of your day. God will bless the rest of your day. Amen. So you know what I said to him? So I said, how do you give him the first fruits of your day? He said, I just get in God's presence. And he said, I just start talking to God. And God starts giving me these God thoughts. And I thought, I want some God thoughts. And he began to share with me what his day looked like. And I began to realize this, that the same God that David inquired of, and the same God, this guy's name was Frank, the same God that Frank inquired of, you can inquire of him, I can inquire of him, but he's got to become priority. Listen, guys, you can't go over and around. you got to sit in the presence of God. And so David inquires of the Lord again. But pastor, I'm too busy. Slow down. Slow down. So he inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. And so again, he answers. And I don't know if you picked up the last part of verse 4, but look what he says. And I will deliver the Philistines in your hand. He tells him what's going to happen. 
But you know what that means? David must obey. David must go. So the word of God, even when he speaks to my heart, it doesn't benefit me unless I obey what he tells him or tells me, tells you. So he inquires of the Lord. Verse 5, so David and his men went to Keilah, fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah just as God had told him. It pays to obey God. It pays to inquire of God. Verse 6. Now it happened when Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. Now I'm going to get on the ephod just here for a little bit. But any time that David put that ephod on, you know what it was for? I need guidance from the Lord. I'm, I'm getting in the presence of, of the Lord. You see, over and over when he'd break out that ephod. Verse number 8, verse 7. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. So right here, Saul has the thought, I got him. And if you notice what he says, God gave him into my hands. He's so deceived. He thinks God's part of this. Verse 8. Then Saul called for the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. Actually, he deceived them and told them they were going to fight for the, against the Philistines. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. I need guidance. I need to hear from God. And I believe this right here, that the ephod to me and you is like the symbol of the Holy Spirit. Man, I need your leading today, Holy Spirit. I need you to guide me. And it's interesting, when you study this man, he would inquire of the Lord, but he would put that ephod on. And I, I believe the ephod was a thing that was like, I'm going to put this over me, and I'm going to block everything out. God gets my total undivided attention. I, I don't know if you're like me, but there's times in my life I can get really distracted by little things. TV, the cell phone. Let me ask you. Is there times in your life where you go before, your, before our Heavenly Father, but you don't take your cell phone? I believe it's significant when we do that. Or we just... When I come in here on Wednesdays, I don't ever have my cell phone. My staff gets so upset with me. They're saying, Patty, we've been texting you all day. Well, I don't carry my cell phone in here. I'm about the Father's business. And I don't mean that ugly. I just mean, man, God's got to be a, a place in my life where he's priority. And, and think about the things in your life that, that have the capability of distracting you. And so when he put on that ephod, it's like, God, I, I'm, I'm coming before you. I, I need a word. Verse 10. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into the hand, into his hand? Question mark. Now this is what he asked God. 
He said, will these people deliver me to his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Question mark. O Lord of God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he'll come down. Now he asked two questions, but he only gets one answer. And he said, will he come down? And the Lord said, he's coming down. He's coming after you. But look what David does next. Then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they'll deliver you. They're going to turn you over. So what I see right here, this guy was persistent. This guy said, I need a precise word from the Lord. I'm not going anywhere. He didn't jump to conclusions. He he didn't call 1-800 up the creek. He said, I'm going to trust God. Verse 12, then David said, and I read that part, verse 13. So David and his men, about 600 arose, departed from Keilah whenever they were there, they could go. Then it was told Saul that David escaped from Keilah, so he halted the expedition. You know what I saw right here? Is a step of faith. A guy said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. So I saw this statistic this week. And it says less than 10%, 10% of church-going Christians make life decisions based on God or based on his word. Less than 10% of church-going Christians. So I have the thought when I read that, I thought, So where are the other 90% getting their information from? I can tell you, from human philosophies, from peer opinion, from college professors, Hollywood, pro athletes. Well, Pastor, I get all my information from CNN. That's going to do you a lot of good. But I think back right here. How many of us truly ask God, Father God, order my steps by your word. Order my steps by your word. I I, I need you. And and just like with the guy, Frank, I had the thought, why why don't I ever hear from God? Why why don't I ever get a God thought? Well, you know what I found out? Because I didn't do the things Frank did to hear. And that's the same with everyone. God's still speaking. He's still, the Holy Spirit Spirit still moves. Turn with me to Romans 8. I'm going to end in, man, I'm going to try to move with this because I believe you need to hear this. Romans chapter 8. And and remember I said this. I I believe the ephod is very similar to the Holy Spirit. He's my helper. Jonah, he's the helper. If you want to study just some brief things on the Holy Spirit, go to John 16. He'll lead you and guide you into the truth. He was sent to convict of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Every one of these things the Lord Jesus said. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the flesh. 
If I'm going to be dictated by my flesh, I'm going to set my mind on the things of the flesh. And when I allow my flesh to, to be the ruling part of my life, I'm going to get fleshly results. He goes on to say, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, to follow desires of the Holy Spirit in a pleasing way. So what he's talking about here, this involves holiness, not only in action and word, but my thoughts that I, I fill my mind on a daily basis with the things of the Spirit of God. And I'm hurrying, okay? Verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This was King David. He was like, I'm not going anywhere until I hear the leading of the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. The Spirit himself will bear witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Now, when you talk about the Holy Spirit here, the Holy Spirit will never encourage us to act contrary to the Scripture, ever. The Holy Spirit is going to be right in line with the Scripture. And so, begin to pray this. Pray, pray Romans 8, 14. Grace me, grace me, Lord, the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit, I, I welcome you to lead me by the Spirit. And, and Romans 8, 14, that the Spirit of God would bear witness with my spirit. And, and something begins to happen on the inside of us in decision-making. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide if I'll get time to, to learn his voice. You know, when Shelly calls me on the phone and I answer it, I don't say, who is this? Who is this? I know her voice. If I was to call my mom right now, if I said, hey, mom, she would know immediately who it was. How does that happen? We spend time with each other. We get familiar. See, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit begins to lead, there, there's something on the inside that he begins to bear witness with us that this is the way I'm supposed to go. That this is what I'm supposed to do. But what I found out, if we don't ever inquire God, if we don't ever look to the Holy Spirit, if we don't take time to develop these, these treasures, we begin to live our life like, well, why don't I ever have God thoughts? I think God wants every one of us to have those, but it goes back. Who do I trust? Who do I look to? And, and this is for many of us in here right now. Are you in a pickle of life right now? Does the, the walled city closing in on you? Let me ask you, what, what is the walled city of your life right now? Well, whatever it is, the answer is God. That I find out God can get me out of this. God will protect. God will lead me in God. When I just give him the opportunity, just stand up here. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.